Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production. This podcast is brought to you by Kimray. Visit kimray.com to see our full library of training materials and videos. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer on this podcast? Send us an email at podcast at kimray.com and we'll answer it. And if we can get enough questions, we may do an entire episode dedicated to answering listener questions. I'm Kyle Andrews and I'm here with Curtis. Curtis, how are you? Hey man, I'm I'm uh, scale of one to ten. I'm doing probably eight, eight today. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's up there. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm tired, um, mm. but you know, it's kind of the the holiday seasons around the corner, so we've been busy yeah. with different things. I get inevitably I get busier this time of year because I'm, you know, making cutting boards and mm. gifts for people, and uh, so I get pretty busy in the. Uh, you know, November and December, but I'm doing well. Our question of the day has to do with unique traditions or or holiday things that you and your family do. Do you have anything different? Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I would say, yeah. you know, the uh, kind of the standard run of the mill things we do for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And during Thanksgiving, we always we try with you know. On my extended family, on on my side, we try to do a a family photo, which is getting harder and harder with the amount of grandkids that's on that side. But we try to do a family photo, and then the adults draw names uh, for Christmas at Thanksgiving. So we do like a Mm -hmm. gift exchange. Uh, So we draw names at Thanksgiving, and that gives everybody time to plan out what they're going to get. That's nice. What like uh what about like when you married did was there anything surprising about your your in-laws or anything like that? I would say the differences in the gifts that are given were a little bit different. I grew up in a big family and so everything um was a little more sparing. Um, <laughs> like a homemade you know, gift. Yeah. So my uh you know my parents didn't have a lot. Yeah. Uh, but then my wife's family um, you know, it, Christmas was like the big blowout celebration. Gotcha. And so, yeah. you know, multiple gifts for each, each kid, you know, kind of just going all out. And so that was kind of, um, <laughs> that was kind of surprising to me. Yeah. But, uh, that, they were, but, they yeah. were the, they were the family or the kids that all the other kids hated because they got all the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some of my wife's extended family lived in Western Oklahoma in a town called Hooker and, uh, they had this meal that they ate or this thing that they ate called ham loaf and uh have you ever had ham loaf i have not okay so is that like meatloaf it's yeah you got the idea yeah it's it's ham ground ham mixed with pork crackers and some onions in there as well but it it looks like a kind of thing you're like why is that on the table is that something we should be eating but um so i steered clear with the first couple years i saw it but Man, when I did try it, it is it has become one of my favorite meals. It's incredible. Uh, okay. you, you dip it in horseradish sauce, and yeah, man, it's just, I mean, you can't go wrong, right? You got you got meat and onion, like fat, fatty meat. You know, ham and pork. So, anyway, that was that's that's become one of my favorites. Okay, uh, and now is that something you just do at the holidays, or since you like it so much, have you kind of incorporated it throughout the year? I, you know, I haven't even, we, we haven't even done it at our house yet. Yeah. So it's just a holidays thing. So I, I, I fear making it too commonplace, you know, mm-hmm. I want it to make, I want it to be a special, a special meal. So yeah, no, that's, 
that's that's what my in-laws do and i really like that okay it's like a dutch thing i think so our our uh, topic of the day is automation six key terms in oil and gas automation is what you're going to unpack for us uh, i was looking back at the the script for the video that we did on this and uh it was very <laughs> it's kind of funny the first line is automation is coming to the oil field so uh almost ominous sounding but <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about this is kind of a topic of, of growing interest and and uh, so can you tell us just kind of what automation is and, and what it looks like for for people in oil and gas mm -hmm. so when i think of automation i think of uh, processes or equipment that automatically adjust um, or communicate with each other okay. um, to control a set point or you know control a liquid level a good comparison is automated versus mechanical so if we look at a mechanical dump valve and level controller it's mechanically sensing the liquid level in a vessel and mechanically opening up a, a valve to dump that liquid um, but it can't unless you're there looking at it you don't know that it's working um, it can't adjust anything on its own you physically have to be present to make adjustments um, so that versus an automated system where, you know, you can adjust the liquid level, uh, it communicates that level remotely to you. You know, you can get on your laptop anywhere you are and look at those things. Um, you can look at the dump cycles, you can make adjustments remotely. Uh, so that's kind of what automation is uh, in our industry. And it really, it comes down to, um, you know, efficiency gains, yeah. um, safety um and in the long run um you know cost savings right. so you have you know you're taking people out of the field um you're taking people out of harm's way and then with efficiency one operator can be looking at several well sites all at the same time on his laptop and he won't have to go to the field unless you know something is breaking down you know and he can make all the necessary adjustments yeah. um just from wherever he is there's, you know, a cost up front um, to automation. The equipment is more expensive. Um, you know, there's more equipment that's uh, required. There's kind of, you know, an infrastructure that needs to be in place. But, you know, over the long run, you're going to be saving money and, and saving time. And time is money. So really, yeah. you're just saving money. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what automation is. Appreciate that equation there. Thanks for working yeah. that out. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a math guy. I needed I needed help. So, very good. Yeah. So just efficiency is the big key name of the game. And just as as the seems like as the market has kind of you know grown and then gone away and then grown and gone away, that it'll kind of come in in starts and fits. But uh, but it is a growing area uh, from what I understand. So so we're gonna work out just these six key terms that you may run into as you're as you're starting to consider. And there are various levels of adoption, right? Of of um, automation. And so you may just be at a small level and want to kind of test some things out or you may be designing you know whole whole uh, systems and units um, and you need to you need a more robust system but these are just kind of some key terms that you'll run into when when reading this literature and, and researching this so we hope to be help you become more familiar with them so so the first term is plc kyle what's a plc so plc stands for programmable logic controller so that's a uh, it's a computer that basically can be programmed 
um, to control certain processes. You know, so you can tell it, hey, you know, at this set point, you're going to open up said valve to relieve pressure or, you know, you can at this temperature, you're going to open up this other controller um, or if one controller opens, you're going to open up this next one. So you can set up sequences of commands, you know, one triggering another. Um, that's just a way to to control devices on location and um, you know, and it's sending and receiving information from those other devices and just does all that in order to control the process. Okay, so it's physically, it's a, a physically on site. Yeah, yeah, so the PLC, it's, um, you know, it's there on location. All these devices are connected to it. And then number two, a very similar uh, device is a RTU, remote terminal unit. What is that? Uh, compared to like a PLC, so this is more of a display. Um, they'll display the conditions that, uh, you know, controller is seeing or a pilot or a pressure transducer. So basically it's a, it's a device that interfaces, you know, things in the real world. So a physical device um, and sends that data uh, to something like a PLC. And so it's, it's transmitting data from transducers and other control devices to the PLC. Um, and it's also a display to be able to, to see that information um, of whatever you're controlling. Cool. Now, now how, do these, um, how do these communicate to like somebody in an office, not on site? Yeah, so they, um, you know, PLCs, um, RTUs, kind of the, the order in which they communicate with each other and, um, and how is a system called SCADA, so that's Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Um, so that's just the, um, the type and how they all communicate together. SCADA, think of SCADA as like kind of the broad term over all of these things. So you might say, hey, the, the PLCs, you know, uh, communicating with SCADA, um, or, you, you know, you might uh, say, you know, the RTU is communicating with SCADA. Um, you'd use it in, in that kind of um, scenario. Um, but it's just kind of the, the communication type and, and the overall kind of the umbrella over each one of these automated systems. Okay. Think of the RTU as kind of the middleman between the SCADA system and the control devices. So it's it's just relaying that information from the transducers or you know the pilots and such to the master system it's just a just a middleman just relaying information all right so we got a plc an rtu and the number three on our key automation terms is i2p positioner so an i2p positioner uh, will re receive a an electrical signal from uh, you know a pressure transducer um, or a pilot or, or some other uh, device that outputs, that's monitoring a condition and outputs to this I2P. So it takes that electric signal and converts it into a pneumatic output. And it can be, you know, if the, the signal that it's receiving is a four to 20 milliamp output, that'll be in proportion with its pneumatic output. So four milliamp electrical signal would be um, zero pneumatic output. Uh, whereas 20 milliamp electrical signal would be the full pneumatic output 
of whatever that supply gas is. And that can be supply gas or air, but it's just, it's taking that electrical signal and saying, okay, I'm gonna convert this into a corresponding pneumatic output. And correct me if I'm wrong, but my, my understanding of this one is uh, it's used, you know, if you don't want to go full, like we're going to go all electric on all of our equipment, uh, it's kind of a, a nice hybrid in between where you can you can have the, the benefits of some of that electrical, using that electrical signal, but use your your pneumatic valves or, or pilots, whatever you have going on. Is that is that about right? Correct. Yeah, you can use this to you know start to make that transition to fully automated um, so you don't have to replace your pneumatic control valves um, you can just use that i to p so you keep all your your valvage in place as pneumatic um, but then you can start start automating those processes um, by using an i to p some people like to use these devices because uh, they don't have the power required um, to to go fully electric, uh, which you know we'll talk about more um, on one of the other points, but they they don't have the the infrastructure as far as power to those sites to be able to drive components and motors and things that require a lot of power. Mm. So the the I to P itself, you know, can draw very little power, but the it still uses a pneumatic signal to kind of has the power to you know drive open or close the valve uh, all right number four is a transducer what's a transducer so i've mentioned it a few times already uh, but it's just a transducer something that's monitoring um, your process conditions so that could be temperature flow rate pressure um, any you know anything that uh, you're wanting to control or monitor and then it takes the actual flow conditions and converts that into electric signal. Um, you know, it can be, it could convert it um, into a, an analog signal or a discrete signal. Um, so an analog signal would be um, something like a, a varying um, signal or like a throttling. Uh, so if you're monitoring a pressure, let's say, you know, you would it'd be communicating that with a a device like a, an RTU or a PLC communicating that signal saying, okay, now I'm at 100 pounds, I don't want to go over 100 pounds, whereas a discrete signal is just like on off. So that might be something in the application like um, like a temperature shutdown. So, hey, if I go over 400 degrees, I want it to shut down. So it's just either it's sending a signal or it's not. So a light switch would be a discrete signal. It's you have it flipped on or flipped off. Whereas an analog signal is something more like a dimmer. So you can control the power um, from 0% all the way up to 100%. Uh, so that's that 4 to 20 milliamp signal I was talking about earlier. Right. Um, and so a couple different methods of doing that. But the, the transducer itself is just converting that monitored condition into an electrical signal to be able to communicate that to other devices yeah and and we could have very well worked analog and discrete into <laughs> their own terms but we'll we'll leave that as it is right now yeah that's important uh okay so we got plc rtu i to p positioner transducer number five key automation term is solar panels solar yep. panels. So, so people may not know that these are used in the oil and gas field but how's, how's that work 
on sites where um, maybe power isn't you know attainable or there's not the infrastructure to get power on location um, solar panels are used to to uh, provide power to electronic devices um, so the solar panel you know takes the uv of the sun uh, converts that into power and that's stored in batteries uh, it can be a single battery it can be a whole bank of batteries uh, kind depending on your power needs but that um, that power can then be drawn from those batteries to power devices like you know i2p positioners the transducers um, and things like that the the rtus plcs and any electric actuation uh, usually won't be done off of solar panels just because it's it's limited in the amount of power it can store yeah. um, and then also you know what do you do on a cloudy day um, or if there's a whole week of it being cloudy. Mm. You know, so usually the the devices and equipment run off of solar panels are those that don't require a large uh, power draw, you know, mm. things like chemical pumps or pilots or, you know, controllers like an I2P transducer. Nice. Okay, number six, our final key automation term. Uh, and we've got two. We're cheating a little bit. So AC and DC. What, what are AC and DC power? How does, how does it work? Uh, so AC stands for alternating current and DC stands for direct current. Um, so DC is what's stored in those batteries from the solar panels. Um, and so uh, the solar panels generate that power. It gets stored in the batteries. But usually there's some type of converter uh, that converts that DC to AC because most of the devices uh, on you know well pad are going to use ac but that power is stored as dc and batteries uh, so i'll need to convert to ac something you know to i don't know if it's a difference but the i'm no electrician by the way so if anybody listening wants to correct me on any of this stuff feel free but something cool you can do to kind of see ac in effect you know alternating current it's on and off, on and off, um, is to take your phone and take a video, like a slow motion video. You have to be inside for this to work because it you know, has to be light from a light fixture. But take a slow motion video um, of somebody or just the wall or anything. And when, it's, when you watch it back and it slows down, you actually see the lights flickering. There's kind of this flickering effect. Um, now the human eye can't, just looking at a light, can't sense that that uh, it's too fast so the amount of again i'm an electrician but i believe it's the amount of uh, hertz so the more hertz the faster that alternating current is but you can actually in that slow motion video it's slowed down enough where you can actually see it flicker on and off um, but the human eye can't pick that up uh, so that's that's alternating current but anyway, just kind of a, a cool experiment you can you can yeah, do. Yeah, I learned something today. I got something to do now after after the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Very cool. All right. Well, that so that's six key automation terms that you again you're going to run into when you start researching and looking into uh, how we automate our processes. All right, Kyle. Anything else to add on this subject? Yeah, I'll I'll kind of throw in you know some Kimbray product. Um, yeah. Talk about the electric pilot um, that we offer. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a, a mix between some of these different terms that we talked about. 
Um, so we talked about a PLC and an RTU. The electric pilot's kind of both of those things. Um, so not only uh, monitors and displays the conditions, um, but you can also set parameters um, within that electric pilot, much like a PLC, and tell it to, uh, you know, open or close a valve, control, you know, temperature, pressure, uh, time. There's a lot of different functions that it serves, um, but it kind of encompasses a lot of these different things we talked about, uh, and it's a good way to, you know, kind of start into automation if you don't have a lot of this infrastructure already built. If you're just wanting to start um, automation, maybe on a single device, um, but you don't want to spend the capital to, uh, you know, have a PLC um, and all these other devices that, you know, cost a lot of money up front. If you're just wanting to, wanting to dip your toes in the automation world, uh, our electric pilot is a good way to do that because um, it, you know, it has the capability of a lot of these other components, and so you can kind of test the waters and and see how you like it. Very cool. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You'll find links to the videos and products we mentioned in this episode's show notes, and we'll hope you'll join us next time on Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production.